0: Hello and welcome back to the Dropkick Report, my name is Maury with my co-host Corey and we have just interviewed Dutch of Fight Factory Wrestling and we are back with their heavyweight champion, Laurie. Welcome to the Dropkick Report Laurie.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, and this is in lieu of uh, your next event, Steel Cage Showdown for Fight Factory Wrestling. What are you expecting at that event?
1: I expect quite a lot to be honest, I mean the whole event is like Mm. happening in the cage. Yes. So every match is happening in the cage. Mm. Um, every match however has a different stipulation in Mm. it so my match against Flex Buffington for the World Heavyweight Championship is gonna be pinfall only Mm. so um, he's gonna be locked in a cage with probably the most scariest female on the roster
0: I'll say we're sitting here with you now you are quite intimidating
1: (laughs) Um, so yeah good luck to him
0: yes (laughs) probably but speaking of you Let's go down to your origins, how you got started in professional wrestling in the business. Where did you exactly find your footing?
1: Right, so um, I started out back in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, My big brother, who is um, not with me anymore, um, he got me into the wrestling. Um, He made me watch it, he made me read the magazine. And um, by accident, he actually found an article in the magazine, like all the way in the back, which said there's a wrestling school about, it was about two and a half hour drive from where we were living. Um, So him and his best friend went to go and check it out. Now, keep in mind, there was no wrestling ring whatsoever. It was mats, Mm. Um, no ring ropes whatsoever. Um, But they learned their like basics there, like falling, rolling, all that stuff. Um, So because I was really interested by watching it, um, obviously WWE, um he then was like, why don't you just come along and um, give it a go? And um, that's what happened. And um, yeah, a few years after that, um, we basically made a decision like, this is not enough for us, so mm. we want to progress in this. Um, so we found another um, wrestling school slash promotion. Um, and yeah, we went there to train and they had mm. a wrestling ring. Now keep in mind that wrestling ring wasn't the softest. <laughs> Um, it was it was rather hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated every minute of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is basically how I started. Mm. That was about yeah, you can say about twenty years ago now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so. and that's nearly as long as we've been around. Well, yeah, around <laughs> about the, yeah, <laughs> goodness, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, it's great to hear how you got origins in mm. the business as well. But speaking about um, Fight Factory, how did you get involved with sort of the local sort of indie scene here in Lincolnshire?
1: Um, so me and my partner Robin we moved to England in 2015 Mm -hmm. um, all for wrestling Um, so we left Belgium together uh, moved over here and we moved to Norwich back in the day Um, which big big hope for wrestling yeah so WAW was um, was their promotion run by Ricky Knight Mm -hmm. and uh, Soraya Knight Um, and we worked with them for quite a few years um i had a lot of really good matches Mm. there Um, i had the opportunity to um step in the ring with former wwe stars like mickey james or victoria Mm. um i met a lot of like the guys they brought in um uh, i stepped in the ring with jazz so um it was it was a really really good time and um we did decide to move away from norwich um maybe i've fallen out with the owners um, which is now like we're like on an alright basis yeah um, but back in the day it was just like yeah it's it's better to just move um, just get away from it and um, let it settle and see what happens mm. and um, yeah we moved to Lincoln
0: oh there you go so, and si- you've since found your sort of uh, base with Fight Factory which is really great to see so when we spoke to Dutch, he spoke to us a lot about that. Obviously, he's a coach as well. He spoke to us a lot about the training aspect and seeing students grow into finding their feet with pro wrestling. Have you found anything like that? If, you, if you've been involved in sort of that side or seeing like maybe a younger recruit sort of build themselves up with uh, the, the promotion
1: um so when um when we were still living in Norwich as well, um me and my partner at one point were running their junior classes, yeah, so we were training the juniors um besides like Zach Knight, Roy mm, Knight, um mm. Soraya and Rick yeah, um and then when we moved over here, um we done basically the same. Now keep in mind, we didn't really have like the juniors back then yet. Mm. um they started with the juniors a little bit later, I think. Um, But we did help train like the upcoming stars Um, Some of them are still there. Some of them have left company Um, But yeah, we we did train I still go down to training now um, Go and see what they do. It's nice to see how they progress um, throughout this time like going into the training and then being able to be put on the shows in front of like an audience Which obviously in the training facility you don't have so um, it's, it's really, really nice to see how they just bloom, how they mm. like, come out of their shell.
2: Oh, yeah, wow. Well, great. So when we were speaking to Dutch, um, he had big, big props for, um, I guess, your character work, but also getting the audience involved, kind of getting the crowd involved, whether it's them liking you or whether it's the opposite, them completely despising you as a heel. What is it like with a, a smaller crowd in particular? Because again, with Dutch, we mentioned indie crowds, especially smaller crowds tend to be a bit louder, a bit more rowdy, and a bit more into it.
1: Yeah, um, it for us. I've always been told, like when I when I started, it doesn't matter if you wrestle in front of five hundred people, in front of fifty people, in front of ten people. Um, you still bring your A game. It doesn't matter. Um, it's it's different if you have a smaller crowd, but it's more um, intimate if that makes sense. you like bring them in even more because you like only have a small crowd to wo- uh, to work in front of. So you have to make sure each and every person in that crowd is watching you and reacting to you. So um, th- there's a difference, but I don't really like make it a difference to myself mm. like it doesn't matter how many people are in the room.
0: Mm. Dr Tosha praised you a lot for as Corey mentioned, Able to sort of turn the fact the fact that perhaps you started as a heel, let's say, and you didn't change much about your style, but the fans sort of grew to grew to support you as a face. Have you found that sort of natural progression to influence your character in any way, or your persona, let's say?
1: Not my character. Okay. I'm I'm still the same yeah, person in the ring. If if you hate me, you hate me. If you <laughs> like me, you like me. That's how it is. But. Um, most of my wrestling career i have been the heel so i have Mm. been the baddie Mm. um and it was like even before we moved to lincoln and um dutch and becker brought Mm. us in it's like okay we're gonna bring you in but we want to have you not work as a heel we want to have you work as a face so Uh. it was like okay but that's where your training comes into Mm. play as well it's like if you can work both things it makes it so much easier, so you're versatile in in what you actually can do. Mm. Um, I love the people hating me, that's just just me, that's my character, I absolutely love it to like wind them up and really like get angry in the ring. Um, But now that I have been the good girl for like a few months now, especially in Fight Factory, it's like, even though some of them still hate me maybe, um, but a lot of them grew towards the thing like, okay, she is the good girl now. Yeah. Um, it it doesn't change my, my work in the ring. I am mm. still aggressive. Um, yeah. I, I do what I want. I, it, Yeah, it doesn't mm. really change. It's just the, the crowd is more behind me than other people.
0: So. Mm. Wow, wow. And let's talk that in-ring style. Now, with, for most people who say watch, I um, don't oh know, wwe let's say that you know, they think of the sort of big hard hitters you're thinking of um people like i know volta or Gunther, or your own marcel bartnell of um or is it Axel Dieter junior was his mm. yeah. yeah exactly um they're sort of the european almost strong style that you've developed right how would you speak on that is there a way that it's sort of it's come from your roots or there is sort of Versions of like obviously there's a Japanese style of it, and it's with now sort of a European sort of Brit wrestling, kind of British strong style almost, which has developed from that.
1: Oh, ooh, that's a good question. Mm. Um, I more or less became uh, an all rounder. I can like work any style; it doesn't really mm. matter. You can see me like high flying through. <laughs> yeah, everything. it doesn't happen a lot. It's like <laughs> on occasion, um, but it's. For some reason, I think this kind of style has been drilled into me mm. when I was uh, trained by Soraya Knight. Yeah. Um, obviously, she does know her British wrestling. Yes. Uh, she has been traveling the world, she has been like, but she always stick to her British roots. Mm. Um, so, British technical style of wrestling uh, can be very fluent, can be very nice, but it can be also really, really aggressive. Mm. Um, and I think that's where where I kind of, picked it from and it's just stuck with me um i don't work any different if i'm in there with a female if i'm in there with a male mm. you still get hit the same the yes. same way so um <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of guys in the wrestling business if they have if they know they have to go in the ring with me they go like oh um yeah but they just know that i'm i'm just gonna hit them but I expect the same back. Yeah, of course. I'm I'm not a person that's like I'm gonna hit you as hard as I can. Yeah. And um, you're not allowed to. Yeah. It's like no, I expect a back. Mm. And if they hit me like too soft or whatever, I'm <laughs> literally looking at them and go like that's it. <laughs> so um, yeah. But yeah, that's basically where where my style came from, being trained by Soraya mm. and um my partner as well because he has been on the on the European mm. circuit for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, but I always loved this kind of style
2: of wrestling. So. Mm. When we had Dutch on as well, there was a lot of conversation about um, being in a ring, doing kind of normal stuff, again, Dutch being a kind of bigger, more strong style here. But he said he also likes doing comedic wrestling. And now your match in Stoic A showdown is against Flex Buffington, mm-hmm. who I would categorise as a comedic wrestler. And if anyone's seen him, will probably agree. What is it like being in a ring with someone that's uh, more more of a, I guess, comedic style, or more of a, he isn't going to be as maybe serious as all the other people, but it's kind of working in that sort of range.
1: I adapt. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely adapt, but that's where the versatile kind of style comes mm. in. It's like I can do the comedy as well. Yeah. You don't maybe expect it from me, but mm. um, it's, it's there. And Flex Buffington, to be honest, he's like, he doesn't get praise enough, to be honest. He is—he's um, the same kind of person. He can adapt to mm. situations really well. Um, I have faced him on the last show we had, mm, yeah. um, And even though I know he is more of like on the comedic side of wrestling, um, he actually can wrestle, yeah. And he knows his stuff. Mm. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what is going to happen on the fourth of February. Um, just because we faced each other on the last show um, it's gonna be interesting what he's gonna pull out so do
0: you think you know each other much better now (laughs) do you think maybe if he's trying to pull something up on you you could know what he's on with
1: that option is there I mean yeah definitely Mm. Um, I don't know him as well as Dutch does yeah I mean them (laughs) two have faced each other so many times I I even lost count Mm. but it it went from all kinds of oh, like
0: you think things. dutch Dutch might be in your ear then before the match, do you think no no
1: he <laughs> wouldn't dare oh.
0: <laughs> perhaps, but still that is that um that history that you have with if, if it's more about that history that you have with Flex Boffington that might make you a bit more sort of wise to his wise to his um maneuvers let's say.
1: Which yeah, yeah, but but who knows? Maybe I have a surprise or one Maybe player. oh, Maybe. You never know. So exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. You could have something up to sleep in that regard. Corey.
2: So, again, also that match. What is it like being in kind of a cage? Cause have you
0: ever... Have you ever worked I'm with assuming you've before? been in one before. Yes. I have
1: been in multiple. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, when they brought the King of the Cage tournament out, mm. which was a few years ago, um, I think by the time I was entered into it, I think it might have only been the second one they done, but I was the first female mm. to actually win the whole tournament in the cage and became instead of king of the cage, I became queen of the cage. Um, so yeah, I do definitely have history with that mm. um, with that monster of a cage. Um, it is intimidating because you can't go anywhere, yeah, and there's literally just basic steel around you. Mm. Um, does it hurt if you get thrown into it? Yes, yes it does. Um, that thing doesn't move. It's it's just basic steel you, like, mm. that you get thrown into. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I do have my history with the cage. Mm. Um, I'm glad I'm in the cage again, because it's fun, <laughs> um, but hard at the same time. Mm. Yeah, of course. So your, your body is literally getting pushed to to the limits.
0: Mm. And speaking of things that might be more difficult, when you're with, obviously you've worked with a lot of promotions throughout Europe and the UK, and when you're with a promotion, um, often when you're communicating with the promoter, you might, if if you've got ideas of what you want, or so if there's like a, a promo or a particularly long match, is there any, where do you sort of trust the promoter much more, or would you kind of trust you and yourself and your opponent, it depends what, how would you define that relationship?
1: Um... Well, it's it's when I get like booked in like different promotions and stuff, it's like up to the promoter what he wants from you. Mm. Um, so if you turn up and he goes like, oh, you have like 10 minute match. Um, OK, yeah. what do you want in it? And it's like it's up to you. Most yeah. of the times when I turn up to to shows and stuff and they go like, OK, wrestling this person you have that much time left and when i then go and ask it's like what do you want in specific in there i'll leave that up to you you know what you do
0: mm.
1: so yeah
0: it's yeah of course
1: it's always um always different mm. each promotion or company is different when you turn up it's like they all have like a certain set of ideas what they want you to do um or you get like get like kind of like a vision beforehand already so um but yeah this is how I just go into it I I cross the bridge when I get there yeah
0: <laughs> adaptability yes. is the yeah. name of the game here obviously yeah. but speaking of that european team what are your few favorite memories from your time in europe
1: um so when i when i left germany i was 21 years old mm. um, oh. by that time i did well i was on like some events with like big names on it and this and that um, uh, I haven't properly wrestled if that makes sense um, so I started to become a professional wrestler once I moved to Belgium mm-hmm. because once I lived in Belgium I was able to travel around, go to Italy, uh, be booked in France which was quite I think the first three years of my wrestling career properly France was actually the place where we have been more or less every weekend. Mm -hmm. So um, traveling up and down the country in France, um, having a day job at the same time as well. So it was like going there, um, leaving on a Friday or whatever, um, and coming back Sunday, Monday morning to then eight o'clock Monday mornings, I'm gonna have to go back to work. So sleep was minimum. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But there's, a, a. a lot of interesting memories in france definitely being able to wrestle in proper bullfighting arenas um which was interesting well, what's that like um, <laughs> Is that? it was hot yeah. <laughs> it, it was so hot um <laughs> yeah it's because they're like based down south in france so close to like the spanish border and mm. stuff and um over day the, obviously the sun was shining and the canvas of the ring it wasn't like fabric it was more like, um, you know, the things the lorries have on their trailer on their trailers, like yeah. the kind of um, shiny material, which also top, which also got really really hot. <laughs> um, so the shows most of the times didn't start until like nine o'clock in the evening. So it, because it was cooler, the sun was gone, it was dark, but because it being so close to the to the ocean, it laid like a little layer of like um yeah you can say like wetness over it yeah. over the canvas. Um so when you were running and there you were slip and sliding. It yeah. was like <laughs> your ice. Um, but yeah, that wrestling on water was a thing. <laughs> yeah, the wrestling ring on water. Mm-hmm. Um only thing to be eliminated there most of the times was if you ended up in the water. Mm-hmm. Now my partner can't swim. So I was the manager of my partner, so I had to go. (laughs) So (laughs) so I was the one one that got um, thrown in the water. Um, But yeah, um, my first proper outside booking, uh, where I also had to fly, uh, which was an experience on its own because I've never been in an airplane before, Mm. um, was getting a booking in Finland. um, And I was honestly, I did not want to go. Yeah. Um, just because I was so afraid of flying <laughs> oh. but once I was on the airplane and it took off I was like oh, that wasn't so bad yeah. and then I was like I still need to get down and that wasn't bad either so I was like okay I can do this yeah. so I knew like I I don't need to be afraid of flying um, mm. but yeah that that was an experience
0: well how was Finland
1: it was it was interesting um, Having the girl I wrestled over there um, come over to England um, work for Soraya Knight's promotion quite a few times, so we kind of knew each other. Um, So her promoter, um, which we wrestled in France with as well, um, knew me as well, because obviously I started my wrestling stuff over in Mm -hmm. France. And um, I think I must have just impressed him the way I was working, um, that he was just like, yeah, I want to bring you over to Finland, so I I, I remember the match being hard. Um, the crowd was interesting because obviously it's it's yeah. a Finnish crowd. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't really know what to expect, but I just I just went with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I was um, not only did I watch a lot of footage because during our research period, yes, not only do you watch a lot of footage, obviously people that we interview, but slots so like of uh, people who are sort of in or sort of come from similar backgrounds. And when I was watching a lot of European um, wrestlers being interviewed, they'd always talk about sort of European people have a sort of different outlook on professional wrestling than perhaps uh, British or American people do. Do you find that's true?
1: Um, I can only speak for myself. Yeah, of course. um, Because most of my um, wrestling career was in Europe and over here. Um, But for me I I don't really see a difference in Hmm. there. Maybe it's because I haven't been working that much in in like back in Germany or whatever. I didn't see a lot of shows over there. Yeah. Um, but I I can't really say that there's a difference. On my personal note, Hmm. I I don't really know.
2: So we mentioned earlier as well, you are Fight Factory Wrestling's heavyweight champion. What is it like being the kind of not only a champion in the company but I guess their main Champion, very kind of top person because you are, in a way, you think like WWE. You think like Roman Reigns. He is kind of the face of the company currently. Right. He is kind of that main person. You put a belt on him, you are yeah. representing. You're, us. The, the,
0: you're the standard bearer almost. Yeah. You're the you're the top of the top of the mountain. To yeah. say you're the uh, the sort of the, the, the I always saw a champion as the peak performance of yeah. that brand, right? All that promotion. Yeah.
2: What is it like being that and kind of being that champion and being picked and going right? We, the belt's you know, going on you. Yeah, almost. You've earned this award, and this is on room. you now.
1: It's um, it's a huge responsibility. If mm. that makes sense, it's um, for me it was an honor. Um, just for the pure fact, again, I was the first female to actually be able to hold the world heavyweight championship in yeah. Fight Factory Wrestling. Um, but it also means each time you just have to bring a bit more mm-hmm. than than on your last show yes, or yeah. event. Um so it's you always have to think ahead of going like, okay they obviously trust you with being the top of the, the mountain like yes. you said. Um but they wouldn't have given the the World Heavyweight Championship to me if they wouldn't have known I can do exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. Um It's a lot of females, um, especially now, you don't actually have a lot of females who are holding the men's main championship. Mm. Um, There's uh, another female down in Hastings for EWW, which is Scarlett. She is the top of the mountain there as well. And it's nice to see that the the promoters in particular have this trust in you as a female of being like we know you can do this Mm. and it doesn't matter who we put in front of you yeah of course you will be able to perform in like a certain way that it's shown that you can be the main event of a show Mm.
0: and to have that sort of to have as you mentioned the word responsibility came up in your answer and to be sort of responsible for carrying that not only to make your own pathway but also the legacy of everyone else who's held the belt before you right and but to also make your own reign stand out, if you get what I mean, yeah. To make your own reign stand out and to carry the the championship that has so much acclaim, right? Because obviously that's what everybody wants. That's definitely. what everyone wants to be a champion and to be that. As uh, like I said before, flag bearer, standard bearer for the company must be a must be a massive undertaking.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's. Like I said, it's a huge responsibility. Uh, I'm, I'm honored that they give me the responsibility yeah. of running, actually being the main person mm. on the on the roster to hold the championship. Yeah. Um, but on the other side, it gives me a huge target on my back. Yes. Because everyone <laughs> wants to be that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I took the championship from KD, he is like he's he's not a tall wrestler mm. he's he's not a big guy i mean i mean i'm not saying like he's um he's like tiny mm. well he kind of is <laughs> um, but um he was running with the championship for quite a while mm. and i was chasing it and even though we had um which i'm i'm Hundred percent sure, I should have taken the championship there. But at the drill hall, yeah. um, we had a ladder match, mm. um, which was another thing. Is like I've never done a ladder match before, and it's like, yeah, he just put the stipulation in there. Is like if we're gonna have this match, we're gonna have a ladder match, mm. and it's like okay did anyone ask me about this <laughs> you um, were told all. there was no no, no it was just like go for in, it Yeah. Um, and then in in the end for the last bit he literally jumped from another ladder hmm. on top of me whilst I was laying on a ladder <laughs> and um, it was yeah the video if you watch it back it yeah, just looks like um, he killed me <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure I should have taken a championship there um, he was lucky um, but then I took it on the next show you in did. Gainsborough, I did. Yeah. And, um, and now he has created this new group, which is mm. called the New Age, who are just causing trouble everywhere <laughs> in Fight Factory. Oh. And um, he still has a rematch clause, oh. and he hasn't like used it yet. So
0: Do you think you may have to eventually turn your eyes back to him, perhaps? <laughs> I always have my eyes Yeah. <laughs> because
1: it doesn't matter, even if his other Muppets are going to come mm. around and have a look at me, um, I know he's not far behind. Mm, so I know he's watching every move I'm doing. Um but yeah. I'm noticing a theme
2: time. with with Because we spoke about him with Dutch because now he's made a ladder match, which yeah. is more his stipulation You mentioned it with Dutch because he had the whole Jeff F thing.
0: Yes. I feel like KD's up to some <laughs> yeah. shenanigans here that we need to
1: <laughs> Yes, we, we, need to address <laughs> yeah, we need to address this. We definitely do. Um don't get him on the radio, he doesn't deserve it. Okay. <laughs> don't worry, we won't. <laughs>
0: I don't think we've ever blacklisted a guest before. They think we have. No.
1: Yeah, no, there, there's definitely a theme. Hmm. He's, um, he's a little weasel. Yeah, yeah. Definitely is.
0: I think Dutch was completely right when he said that he yep. should have won that. Yeah. I think he was completely right at the time. I had doubts at the time, but now, now <laughs> that we've heard it from Laurie herself, I feel like we have to believe it.
1: Yep. I mean, and he uh, he talks about his own brother. I mean, yeah, of course, exactly, <laughs> exactly. What
0: does that speak to his character? <laughs> but as far as that winning championship match goes, that was a tough. I we watched that ourselves, we did watch didn't we? It, yes. and that was a quite a tough affair. And you really came out. You really came out of that match. Just, I thought there was a real sense of your strength came across in that championship match against KD, and just the way that. He'd find ways to sort of slip and slide about, and then you'd eventually catch him with something that was really big, and it, and, and you could hear the and you could hear the crowd stand up for it, which was fantastic. Um, do you think that sort of app- applying the difference of stars, Again, you mentioned that you're sort of an all rounder, but applying that difference of stars, when someone like KD is, you know, jumping and flipping everything, goodness, why can't I just lariat this kid's head <laughs> off? You know, how much does that play into the, the dynamics of a match?
1: I would love to take his head off. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you you have to adapt because he's a, he's a rather quick guy. Mm. Um, I'm not going to lie, I mean, I'm I'm not the quickest. Yeah. Um, so I work towards my strengths, not my weaknesses. Yeah. Um, but he knows that I'm not that quick. So mm. he is literally just dodging diving yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as much as he can. And cool. he is like coming from above instead yeah. of like from down. Mm. Um, so I really, really have to adapt my kind of style, think about what can be his next move, um, to be able to actually stop him. Yeah, um, It's not always possible because uh-huh. he's like a bouncing ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just adapting, of course. honestly.
0: Yeah. And let's talk about promos. Yes. Now, me and Cool. We tried to do um, a couple of a couple of promos for our sort of we did. promotion of this series, and we didn't think it went very well. Well, <laughs> so yours is on looking, camera. Yeah, we don't
2: have mine. But
0: but we're looking for tips. <laughs> we're looking for how would you say if you had to construct a promo? Say if you were a heel and you're looking at uh, you know diss on the fans, what would you sort of pick out? How would you construct that?
1: The most important thing for a promo is believe mm. in yourself. Okay. It's make it believable towards the camera. It's it's hard to to do a promo because you obviously don't have an audience in front of mm. you. You are speaking into a lens, yes. which is looking dead back yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's believing in you, and believing in the thing you want to bring across. Mm. Um, a lot of times, it's like, you have a lot of people who think about promos a lot of times. Yeah. It's like, what should I say? What should I do? Um, how do I stand? Mm-hmm. How do I look? What, you know? Um, a lot of times it's like when, when I personally do a promo, it's like I have bullet points for me. Okay. It's like mention the date, mention your opponent, uh, mention where it is. <coughs> um, and then anything you want to say is literally for me most of the time, it's just whatever happens. Hmm. Um, I don't think a lot because for me personally, if I think too much about it, I will just screw it. Yeah. It's it's not happening. Um and if you if you believe in yourself and you believe in the product you want to bring across, it makes it more believable for the people who then watch it. Mm. And it's like there's the emotion in there. Um mm. it's not like you you stutter or you fall over your words. It's it's just what you believe in at the same in the in that moment what you want to bring across.
0: Mm course, and it's about conveying that message, again, no matter, no matter where else it's done, but for me, and, for me and Corey, often me and Corey like to, like to discuss our yeah. sort of burgeoning dreams of joining <laughs> professional wrestling, rather than just covering it and, and sitting on this show and doing it like we're doing now, but for someone who wanted to, let's say um, join the independent wrestling scene here in Britain what would your main advice be?
1: The main advice would be find a wrestling promotion mm. that invests in you as well, mm-hmm. that that believes in you. There's, I'm not saying there's um, companies out there or training schools out there who basically just want to take the money. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there is. Mm. Um, so find your training school, um, have your research uh, on the internet or even by listening to let's say Dutch for some reason Um, he has his own training school Mm. but a lot of times he tells you go somewhere else because what what he can teach you someone else might teach is a different way but you take something from it and you like use it in your in your own skill set which is the good thing about the the British scene because there's so many training schools and so much knowledge um, in between them, especially because most of them are run by like um, old school wrestlers um, or old school promoters. And it sounds really weird, but if you watch wrestling um, now, it's a lot of the things like the the new generation does, it's a lot of flips. Mm. It's a lot of jumping. Mm. Um, and it seems like they kind of forgot about the actual fundamentals of a wrestling match. Yes. Um, they're there to maybe pop the, ba- uh, the mm. boys in the back. And they completely forget about the crowd. And um, But f- there's a saying. It's like what's old is going to be new again. Yeah. Um, and my partner always drilled that into <laughs> me. So when I watch wrestling matches, I watch old school stuff. Mm. Because you will find things... Um, you can make your own Mm. Um, you can maybe use this exactly as what they were using it back in the day Mm. or you just switch it up and put something new in there what makes it more your style Mm. Um, but yeah if you want to sign up for a training school honestly the first thing you do is make the step Mm. go go contact a training school and go like look I'm interested in it um, what do I need to do? Find the ones that um, give you the time, the skills, um, and most importantly, like believe in yourself. It's, you can't become a wrestler from one day to another. It takes time. Um, there are people out there who like click on really, really quick. Um, and then you have people out there who just it takes a bit longer. Um, but then if it takes a bit longer it doesn't mean you're bad it just means like you just need longer hmm. it's, it's just how it is but most importantly is make the first step and just contact a training school
0: yeah well wow. and even from even from your, you mentioned hearing about it in the newspaper i brother seeing it in the newspaper which is just fantastic and just it is about that step forward right mm-hmm. but something I often think it's kind of a key to what you said is I think with, profess- with professional wrestling, you said sort of less is more. And I always say that it's not what you see in a match, it's what you don't see in a match. Is often like almost like the subtext or reading between the lines do sort of thing. Yeah. And when you're doing a match and you're sort of running through your spots and such, is there points where you think, well, I could do more here. Or I should probably dial it back well. There's time to do less. Because you have a very sort of hard hitting style. And with that, there's lots you can do. but there's also things that can be held back, and things that can be kind of pushed forward, if you get what I mean.
1: Um, you, uh, when I go in the ring, a lot of times mm. it's like there's certain ideas I have I want to do. Mm. Um, and then a lot of times I personally listen just to the crowd. Okay. It's like, how did they react on what I just done? How did they react on what my opponent just done? Mm. How can I go from this point to bring them back down mm. to then bring them back up? Mm. Um, so it's like you you're in a constant kind of mind bubble in your in your in your match. It's mm. like what can I do to go from A to B um, or to C? And then sometimes you go like, oh, you don't need B, so you just mm. go from A to C. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, you just need to listen to what the people mm. want, and a lot of times a lot of people don't do it. Which is so sad. <laughs> it's like they they don't react on what the people want you to do. Yeah. Um, but then keep in mind, a lot of times people want you to like hit someone another time and this and that. Especially as a heel, it's like you go like, yeah, yeah, I do it, and then it's like, I'm not gonna give you this wish. I'm doing what I want to yeah, do. What do. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah.
0: One of my favourite fun heel things is um, I think I saw it recently in an indie match I was watching where the heel was running the ropes and everyone was thinking oh, he's going to go for a big dropkick or something. He just gets the guy on a side headlock <laughs> and I'm like, "That's perfect, <laughs> that's perfect." Because you're denying, you're denying obviously what the crowd wants to see, but you're also doing something which is which inherently like obviously that's um, still very you know keeping up some sort of bad guy feeling. And but let's talk, let's talk. Moves, let's talk maneuvers let's talk what's the, some, of, some of the fun stuff to do in the ring not just heel work but like how is how what's how do you have fun in the ring
1: wow well, basically from the moment I step into the ring yeah. I have fun it's um it's like from basically belittling my opponent yeah. depending of heel or face. Mm. To um, reacting to what they are mm. doing to me, to then literally just pick them up and throw them around. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's what I do. I use cool. a lot of suplex yeah. things. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's basically mm. just having fun. Mm. It's like um, the older you get or the longer you are in in the wrestling business, you understand that it's like it's not about just go in there and do your thing. It's about having fun. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm just having fun. Yeah, cool. It's yeah. It's like if I don't get a suplex in in my <laughs> match, then so be it. I yeah, mean, yeah. That's that's just how it is. Mm. So.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's really amazing. And of course, from from watching you, there's a sense of that. enjoyment. Of, even in the match with um, with Katie, even in your championship match there are moments where you sort of, when you guys are sort of brawling outside the ring you, f- you can sort of see that in you as well there's this sort of great fine, great passion which really seems to resonate with the crowd and also resonates when, when me and Corey were watching it wasn't it
2: yes um, now your match on Circuit Showdown is not only for the Fight Factory Headway Championship match and I asked Dutch this as well and Dutch kind of briefly explained it it's also a match uh, for Jamie Skinner which Dutch has kind of been through and spoken about who he is what is it like being picked for of a match like that and um, you can speak about who he was who he is and that sort of thing but what is it like kind of being picked for not only a championship match but a kind of really you know, a memorial match in that kind of situation?
1: Um, it, it definitely was an honor um, because I got to know um, Jamie I think one of his most memorable things was when we had a show in the Engine Shed <laughs> And of all people, he was like he was dressed up as, a, as Eliza Roo, mm-hmm. um, which was the other female on the on the roster. Um, and another time he was tr- like dressed up in like a kind of like blow up suit mm. or whatever and he was like basically just going after Robbie X <laughs> and he like was winding him up so much that mm. in the end he was literally running from one side of the venue to the other to avoid Robbie X yeah. going after him. Um, but that's just the kind of character he was it's um, he was a really really great guy Who who enjoyed coming to the wrestling shows um, who enjoyed? Um, making signs for all of us mm. um, Most of the times on well, when he got to see me obviously I was still a heel um, So because I don't really smile a lot when I'm a heel it's it's just I have this resting yeah b face, face yeah. Um, but um, he made signs where it was just like saying on the Laurie smile Aww. and it's like it was just winding me up yeah. and it's like you know i don't do this so why are you doing a sign like this um but that's just the the person he was he he loved coming to the shows um he loved like um supporting us in, in any way he could and um it's it's just an, an honor when i got to know about it mm. um that I have been put into the match to like in yeah. memory of him and I'm like okay well there you go mm. that's, that's just another thing on this it's yeah, not just a World Heavyweight Championship mm. now it's a mem- like memorial match and it's against Flex Buffington mm. so um, and um, Flex I believe was one of his favourite wrestlers mm. so um, I honestly have no idea how this is going to go um, <laughs> but yeah
0: that's an absolutely incredible uh, we heard a lot from Dutch about um, this memorial match, but also about what it meant for the championship to be defended in it. The fact, that Obviously, it's the biggest prize in uh, Fight Factory, so it's. I feel like it's worthy of the match, and the match is worthy of it, if you understand, the fact that you're defending your championship in this memorial match, which could honestly be no better stage to just promote this um, incredible person.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. Mm. It's um yeah it's it's like I say it's not a it's not just a championship match yeah. it's against Flex Buffington, Timber was his favorite wrestler yeah. um it's gonna be in a steel cage it's mm. it's there's just so much going on of course honestly.
0: yeah and as far as um, Fight Factory is concerned and your championship there's uh, Steel Cage Showdown is uh, coming out due February fourth yep. and there's a lot of great matches on that card as well Dutch was mentioning how he's very interested in, in the uh, the scramble match and he was thinking that he might get in there himself <laughs> but he wasn't sure is there any matches on the card that you know of that perhaps you might be interested in if you weren't competing in your own match
1: ooh that's a good question um, a scrum- to, be, uh, to be honest I think all of the matches who have mm. been announced so far are going to be like um, could actually be a show stealer to be honest yeah um I just hope that um now I don't know if you have followed the Fight Factory Wrestling mm. social media kind of side, but um we'll plug Paul Paul <laughs> Malin has been yeah. piping up, which was one of my last opponents as mm. well at at Body Slams to Cancer. Um and he would like to get his hands on KD, funny uh, enough. Yeah. Um so um Very that busy. definitely can if if that is gonna be sanctioned properly, mm. it's um it's gonna be a one-one to watch, of
0: course. Definitely. Yeah, and as champion, you've got to keep your keep your eyes on all comers, <laughs> basically, because also, you never know exactly. Yeah. from
1: from the moment I walk into the building, it's just like looking everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Coming. Cool. So, what is it like? Obviously, again, you are at Five Factory, you've got a pay per view coming up. Is it kind of fun? Doing more kind of pay-per-view stuff, or the maybe sort of being a main event, and shows that, you're, that, you're running. that sort of thing. Because Obviously, some some the events you have got like um, in the UK things like Progress or um, ICW, which mm-hmm. run uh, kind of more house showy stuff that lead up to pay-per-view. Fight Factory is pretty much just big event every single month, and you do kind of social media and yeah, the build to that it. sort of thing. What is it like doing to kind of bigger events compared to smaller stuff?
1: Um, well, I. I would say like their biggest biggest event of of the year for the last nine years is body slams oh, and yeah. cancer yeah um, which is a charity event so a lot of times if they have events coming up month to month it's like anything that happens on there is gonna lead up to body slams mm. and cancer so anything can happen in between that year from the last body slams towards the new one mm. um, But it's fight factory is proud, if that makes sense, to Mm. um, to have be able to to do the shows on a on a bigger scale, Mm. like having the technology in there, having the screens, Mm. having all the lightnings. There's like pyrotechnics, there's like Mm. smoke stuff going in, and it's I think it makes the product look a lot better, Um, but. Even if they wouldn't have it, mm. I don't think it will make a difference. So, um, it's you can you can think of like having the events like how they run it, and then think about like working on the camp show. Mm. It's like most of the camp shows. It's just like you're oh, out on stage. Ta da! I'm here. <laughs> um, and yeah, but I don't. I don't think it m- makes a big difference, to be honest.
0: Well, mm-hmm. and I don't want to put you on the spot here. Laurie, oh dear. obviously this is coming out the coming out the day before uh, Steel Cage Showdown. Correct. Would you have any words? Perhaps Flex Buffington is listening. Perhaps this has received some promotion, and the Dropkick Report is uh, maybe mentioned in some regard. But would you have any words to your future opponent, and any predictions perhaps for for the outcome of your championship match?
1: Um, I would say, Flex, if you're listening to this, um, I would suggest you get in there with a fresh set of like ideas because um, I have been watching all your matches mm-hmm. you have been doing throughout your time and um, I'm not one to mess with. Mm. Um, I will go in there and I will give it my best and if I have to smash your head into the cage, then so be it. Um, but I will be walking out, still World a Champion.
0: I'm terrified. Yes, we all believe right. that 100%. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> But before uh, we leave you today, Laurie, who have you been... You say you've watched a lot of old matches and you find some of your best stuff in there. Who are the two wrestlers that you've been watching recently that have really been you? It can be, you know, 1990s, 1980s, even up to today. Who matches have you been watching that you've been really enjoying recently?
1: Oh, God, recently. I actually recently haven't watched any wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Um I just uh, like how my my day job is and well day job night job mm-hmm. let's say um and having the time like once you wake up and then get all your other things done before yeah. you go back to work um like so I don't really yeah. have time It's oh. like I just want to want to relax if that makes sense okay. um
0: your goats then who are your, your the people that you really ooh. look up to in wrestling
1: um I would say a lot of times um when I watch like wrestling matches, mm. there's um Bret Hart mm. is is one of them. Um, Eddie Guerrero yeah is is another one. Um, I loved his heel work. Mm. I loved how how he um like weasels his way around yeah. in his matches. Um,
0: well, we'll be seeing the Eddie the Eddie Guerrero chair spot will that coming? Steel Cage showdown.
1: Oh, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But God, there's so many. It's like yeah. even like names like Paul Orndorff mm. and stuff. It's like there's just I I love watching the the old school kind of things. Mm. And then if you watch like the new stuff back, like from from the recent WWE events mm. or or something, it's like you think like this. No, this yeah. <laughs> 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 is just this is just too new school. I'm I'm yeah. not against it. I'm absolutely not against mm. it because like. Everyone has a different set of like what he wants in a wrestling match mm. or what the fans want to see or whatever. Um, but I will probably always go back to like yeah, the, of the old school kind of things of how they bring the people into mm. into the wrestling match and how they literally like just throw out the line and like will you back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah,
0: which is obviously fantastic to hear. And um before we do close the show, now's your time to just plug away. <laughs> is there anything you want to? get out on the air your social media Fight Factory anything you just want to open forum basically um,
1: I would definitely say if you if you can um, follow Fight Factory Wrestling mm. on Instagram mm. um, they are on Twitter as well which is yes. FFWUK. Yep. UK um, I believe it is, um, as, is your, are, as is yourself as I'm, yeah. I myself are on Twitter not as, as much at the moment but okay. um, but you can find me under uh, Laurie87, I believe it is. Mm. I actually have to think now. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, which mm. is um, underscore Laurie underscore 87. Mm. Uh, you can find me there. You can find um, me on Facebook, yeah. uh, which is lauriebornangry. Born Angry. Um, but yeah. And, and if you can't find me personally, just go on Fight Factory because they yeah, follow me everywhere. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and the biggest thing for Fight Factory, as we've been talking about, is yes. Steel Cage Showdown on February 4th. Correct. It is. Which is um, setting up to be a fantastic event. Really, really amazing. So we hope you uh, enjoyed our time with Dutch and Laurie, And we'll see you soon on the Dropkick Report. Goodbye. Goodbye.